We have a 21-day fast that is going to begin tomorrow. And I want to encourage 100% participation. Everybody can fast something. As a matter of fact, some of the great fasts, well, last year we had a family say they didn't realize how addicted to social media and the internet they were until they cut it out for 21 days. They realized how much time they were burning, how much time they were losing, just, just constantly going there hours a day. Uh, there's media fast. There's obviously food fast for those that can medically do it and just drink water and juices. There's some of you that you can do fruits and vegetables and cut out meats and breads and desserts and things like that. Hey, everybody can fast. Amen? Can I get a good amen? If you're watching at home, don't tune me out or you'll miss the great rewards of fasting. Praise God. In Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, it's an interesting scripture. You'll see it on the screen. It says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I want to just tell you a few things in the introduction before I get in the meat of this message that Jesus expected his children to fast. Everybody say, Jesus expected me to fast. It's the threefold cord that's not quickly broken that Jesus instituted on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 2. He said, so when, when you see the word when there, I want you to look on the screen. Anywhere you see the word when and underline, I want you just to shout it out. Are you ready? So when, when you give, so that's one of the cords, giving. Look in the very next verse, Matthew 6, 3, but when, when you give. So Jesus didn't say if. He didn't say, if you want to be a good disciple. He didn't say, well, if you want to be Joe's superstar Christian, then you'll give. No, he just said, when you give. You're my disciples. You will live for me. You're my children. You're part of my kingdom. You will. When, not if. Amen? So Matthew 6, 5, and when you what? He changes it up. Now it was give. Now it's what? It's pray. Verse 6, Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray. So when you give, when you pray. Are you ready? I know you've been waiting on it. Matthew 6, 16. When? You what? Ooh. When you give, when you pray, Jesus didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. The very next verse, Matthew 6, 17, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let it be established. But... When you fast. So we see the threefold cord is giving, praying, and fasting. He set the example for us in Luke 4, 1 through 2. I'm going to hit you with several scriptures before I get into the meat of the message. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where, he, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing. Everybody say he fasted. During those days, at the end of them, he was hungry. But watch what happened at the end of those 40 days. In Luke 4, 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power, that's the dunamis, supernatural power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. Somebody say amen. In Acts chapter 9, verse 8 through 9, Saul got up from the ground after he was blinded on the road to Damascus, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. He fasted. Because he was blind. Verse 17 and 18 of the same chapter of Acts 9 says, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, so we know he'd gotten saved. 
The Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. I want to tell you something. When you fast and pray as a child of God, God removes the blinders from your spiritual eyes. You will see things that you have previously missed. Things will open up in the Word of God. Your ears will be in tune to hear what the Spirit is saying. Your spidey senses, so to speak, will be on full alert as you hear the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God jumps off the page into your spirit. How many would like that? It's like it removes the clutter. In Acts 13, 2 through 3, you saw Holly put it. She, she didn't know what I was preaching, but she jumped the gun on my scriptures. We're going to have to talk to her about this. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit, this is long after Jesus is gone, the Holy Spirit said, while they were fasting, the Holy Spirit said. While they were fasting, the Holy Spirit said. How many of you know when you get into the presence of God and fasting and praying, you will hear the Spirit of God say, hallelujah. How many want to hear the voice of God? Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. While fasting and praying, they heard the voice of God. They set certain people aside to send them out to do the work of ministry. How many of you are glad to know that we can hear clearly from God? Does anybody want to? So let's talk about God's acceptable fast. In Isaiah 58 and 8, and I'm just going to break it down just line by line. The first reward of fasting is this. Then your light, if you're taking notes and you have your composition notebooks, I want you to write this down. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. What does that mean? That actually is talking about prosperity. It's a wholeness term though, not necessarily a monetary term. It's about financial abundance. If they were faithful in their duty to God, as fasting as God had said, then God would bless them with abundant prosperity or abundant wholeness. It's a wholeness issue, and I'm going to explain a little bit as we go. The image was like this, that such prosperity would come on God's people, that it would be like the spreading light of the morning. Man, I'm telling you what, God is good. Now, I got some of you going, yes, man, praise God, we're going to fill our pockets it refers back to Genesis 12, though. I want you to catch this, where God promised Abraham that he would bless him so that he could be what? A blessing to others. God never wants to flood your pockets with lots of money if you're not willing to give and give for his kingdom. Somebody say a good amen. God blesses us to be a blessing to others. So watch this. I want you to hear me loud and clear. Are you ready? Wealth doesn't mean making millions of dollars or having millions of dollars. You know what wealth in the kingdom of God means? Wealth means having enough to do what God has called you to do. Let me say that again. Wealth in the kingdom of God spiritually and biblically means having enough to do what God has called you to do. Now, if God knows he can trust you, he may bless your business. If he thinks you'll give a million dollars to ministry every year, guess what? He'll bless your business to grow that big. If he knows you won't give a red dime, you probably ain't getting millions. Somebody say a good amen. 
He said, if you fast and pray and he learns he can trust you with money and resources, he'll begin to release them in greater abundance because you'll not save it up only for yourself. You will bless the kingdom of God. Just like we saw on that screen right there. We didn't hoard up for ourselves as a church. We didn't control. We didn't pull back. We blessed other ministries even when we had great need. And guess what? God has taken care of us. Amen. Number two in Isaiah 58 and 8. And this is just word for word as I'm going. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. That is speaking of restoration. Are you ready? Hang on to your bootstraps. The Hebrew word here is the image of a long bandage applied by surgeons in order to heal a wound. Well, I love that. It is used to denote the healing which is secured by the application of the bandage. It's almost like a butterfly bandage. It pulls it together, allows the body to heal up. Figuratively, it means the restoration from all the calamities that has been inflicted. Are you ready? Here's what it really means. What God is saying, look on the screen, I'm going to heal every place that hurts. Woo! I'm going to put a bandage on that hurt of divorce. I'm going to put a bandage over that loss of job, over that bankruptcy, over that lost family member who you love so much. I'm going to heal the places that nobody else knows is even hurt. I'm going to heal that place where that house was destroyed by fire or by water or by some other natural disaster. I'm going to heal that place where you were abused as a child or abused as an adult. I'm going to heal that place where sickness and disease has tried to wreck your life. I'm going to heal you of that lost relationship that you held so dear. I'm going to heal you from being unjustly fired from a job that you love. Man, I'm going to preach to somebody. What he says is when you fast and you you pray. He said, I'm going to get in to the joints and the marrow and the bones and, of the, and the spirit and the soul and I'm going to heal those places that hurt that you can put a smile on, act like everything's great, worship your heart out, but deep down inside there's some pain there. God said, I'm going to heal every part that hurts. Woo! I'm talking about that hurt nobody knows about. I'm talking about the hurt your family doesn't even know you go to bed with. I'm talking about the hurt you hadn't even told your spouse about. I'm talking about the hurt when you wake up at 3 in the morning that you cry yourself for hours and your spouse laying next to you doesn't even know about. Man, I come to tell somebody, whatever hurts you've been through this year, whatever hurts you've been through in the past, if you'll fast and pray, God said, I'll get in there and do surgery that no doctor can touch, no nurse can touch, no surgeon can touch. Man, I'm preaching to somebody. He said, I'll heal every part of your being that hurts. Does anybody want to be healed? I want you just to imagine life in 2021 with no deep-seated hurts. God gave us a promise. He said, if we'll fast and pray and take care of his kingdom, he'll take care of us. Does anybody want this? Number three, reward. He said, your righteousness shall go before you. God's peace, God's provision, God's goodness will make a way. It's like Psalm 23, surely in goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. 
In Joshua chapter 3, God said, you don't know the way. I'm going to send the Ark of the Covenant representing my presence ahead of you. And he's going to lead the way. Somebody shout amen. In Isaiah, he said, I'll make the crooked paths straight. When you don't know where to go and you don't know where to turn, I want to tell you something. God will go before you and God will lead the way. I have, I have full confidence God is going to speak to us during this fast of the direction and the place and where we're to go. I believe this. Does anybody believe this? John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Aren't you glad that when you fast and pray and you draw closer to God, you hear the voice of God and he leads us. Look, he's not a mean, sadistic father to lead us into a trap or lead us off the cliff of a hill. He's a wonderful father, a wonderful savior that says, I want to lead you where you need to be. Man, Dale Kane said something to me, that, I don't know, a month ago or so. And it was the day that Lavelle Shepherd just danced all over this place. How many of you remember that? About a month ago. She just danced all over this place. He said, hey, pastor, who knows if God didn't send us out here just for her. Because he loves her so much. He may have put her out here just so she could come to church and be reunited with her church family before she goes to be with the Lord. It's a great thought. And who knows but what that was the case. Number four, it says, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Everybody say, cover your rear. Watch this. The allusion here is to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt where they were led by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They were led. And then when the Egyptians got on them, the pillar of fire went behind them and separated, covered their rear guard, if you will, to keep the Egyptians away. In Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, when you see the wonderful list of the, of the, of the, of the, uh, of the whole armor of God, guess what is not there? There's no back piece. You know why? Because he says in Isaiah, when you fast and you pray and you seek me first and my kingdom is first, he says, I got your back. Man, I'm going to preach to somebody. God promises to cover your back. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why? Because God's got your back. <laughs> you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Why? Because God's got your back. <laughs> you are already victorious through Jesus Christ. Why? Because God's what? Come on, somebody. He said you're already triumphant. Why? Because God's got your... Shout it out. Hallelujah. He said you've overcome the devil and the, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Why? Because God's got your back. He said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. In other words, we go in, we attack hell, we pull souls out. Why? He said don't you worry, they're not going to slip in behind you. I've got your back. Poke your neighbor and say, Jesus has got your six. You say, what is that? That's a military term. When they say, you got my six, that means you got my back. See, when the enemy tries to ambush you, guess what? Jesus is watching over you and he's got your six. <laughs> when the enemy tries to set a backdoor booby trap in your life, guess what? Jesus is watching and he's got your back. He's got your six. When the devil tries to slip a sickness or a disease in the back door of your life, Jesus has got your back. Glory to God. When the devil tries to blindside you with the elimination of a relationship you hold so dear, Jesus has your back. 
But now this is a reward for those that fast. How many Christians lose out on the rewards and benefits of fasting because it's hard to the flesh? A man broke into a house one night. His goal was to steal small things that were valuable, like jewelry. And as he's milliging around, he heard a little voice in the corner. Jesus is watching you. He thought, man, I'm cracking up. He said, I sound like my old Sunday school teacher. Something's wrong with me. Ah, it's nothing. Began milliging around again, and a few seconds later, he heard it again. Jesus is watching you. He shined the light in the corner, and there was a parrot. He says, is that you talking? Jesus is watching you. He said, what is your name? And the parrot said, Moses. He laughed. He said, what kind of silly people would name a parrot Moses? He said, the same people that named the pit bull Jesus. <laughs> and I got news for you when the devil tries to slither in the corner, and he tries to steal, kill, and destroy. Our pit bull in heaven named Jesus, who's never lost a battle. He's never lost a fight. He never goes to sleep. He never lays his eyes on you. He's always watching. He's always got an arm that can reach. He's always got ears that can hear. He's watching your back. Woo! In verse 9, he goes on. How many want to hear some more rewards? How many are getting fired up and ready to fast? Amen? Come on now. Wave your hand like you just don't care. Amen. Number five, he says, then you shall call. Man, this, is, this may be the most precious. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. Do you know what my number one prayer is during any fast? That I hear from God more clearly. There's no more frustrating place to be in anywhere in this life than to not be able to hear from God. Am I preaching to anybody? He said, call him and he will answer. Somebody say he answers. You want to hear God's telephone number? Did you know he's got one? Jeremiah 33 and 3. You ready? Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Do I marry so and so? Do I move to this job? Do I do this? Do I say that? All those things can be answered by hearing clearly from God. You don't have to guess with God. He will answer, but the question is, will we listen to his answers? If you feel like there are brass heavens in your life right now, I encourage you, I dare you, oh, I'm a double dog dare you, to push the plate back and start fasting and praying and watch how quick the brass heavens open up and watch how quick you suddenly can hear from God again. Watch how quickly the words on a page go from black and white to them jumping off into your spirit and knowing I've heard from God. Woo! Does anybody want to hear from God? Day 16 of a 21-day fast. God spoke so clear to me, I ran down the aisles of the old Central Parkway Church because he said the church name was to be Bridge of Hope Church. We are to be a Bridge of Hope. That's why we're named that right now. I'll stake my life on it. I know God spoke to me. I want to tell you God will lead us. And just, I believe during this fast, God's going to show us where to go. He's going to open up the door. He's going to tell us, maybe not in the next 21 days, but it will absolutely happen. How many want to hear from God? Listen, when you hear from God, you can face anything. When you know God has said something, you can deal with anything. 
When you know God has spoken, you can handle what's coming because God said so. When God told me one night when I saw my wife over a, the steering wheel, I, I was trying to think the name. I couldn't think of the name. And I was disturbed greatly in my spirit, and she was driving home, and I knew she had fallen asleep and gotten a wreck. And I prayed, and I interceded for about an hour, and suddenly the Lord spoke to me and said, she honored her mother and father, and her days on earth will be long. And immediately, peace came over me. I mean peace. I can't explain to you how fast I went from anxiety and fretting to sweating, fear, to all of a sudden, just one sentence from the Lord. Boom, it was gone. Man, is anybody hearing me? Number six, the sixth reward says, you shall cry and he will say, here I am. God says, if you'll fast and pray, guess what? I will be with you. Matthew 28, 20, he says, I am, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. You are not alone. You can go anywhere with him. You'll never be alone again. One preacher was getting on the plane and was back in line waiting to show his boarding pass to the attendant and, you know, waiting in the line to go through, show the boarding pass and go down through the little tunnel there in the tarmac and get out. And as he was there, the devil had been hell hacking him all morning long. And so he just kind of under his breath, he said, devil, get out of here and leave me alone. About a minute later, he said, devil, a little louder, devil, in the name of Jesus, I told you, get out of here. Now, don't you come back anymore in Jesus' name. About two seconds later, he got a tap on the shoulder. He turned around. The guy's eyes were about this big. He said, excuse me, sir. He said, is the devil getting on this plane? <laughs> no, but God is. Man, what an amazing, amazing benefit, an amazing promise from God that he will be with you. When you lie awake at 3 o'clock in the morning, terrified with fear, Jesus is with you. Whew. When the devil whispers in your ear and tells you nobody loves you, nobody cares about you, you're going to live the rest of your life alone. Uh-uh. Jesus will be with you. God will be right beside you. When you're so lonely, you go out to eat just so you can see other people. Jesus will be with you. Woo! I brought my boots today so I could just stomp around and have a good time. Man, I'm fired up about this because this stuff is real. When my children were small, we'd go down the street or on the sidewalk or the mall. And many times they'd come up. When some strangers would come up, they'd reach up and grab my pants leg. Or they'd grab my hand. It was like, I just, I don't know who these people are, but as long as I'm with daddy, I'm going to be all right. I want to tell you something. There's some scary stuff out there. Look, COVID hadn't gone away just because the calendar changed. And there's problems and there's issues. And if we're not careful, the devil will try to scare you witless. But I want to tell you, daddy, our good father and our kingdom's king, we are part of his kingdom. One of his promises is he is right there with us. You'll never face anything that he's not right there with you. Did you hear Naoma last week in that hospital? That the presence of God would just fill that, that hospital room. Woo! 
The seventh reward says if you take away the yoke from your midst, the yokes of oppression. In other words, the struggles in your life. Listen, he says when you start fasting and praying, all the struggles in your life you can't get victory over. Now you will then. Those lustful thoughts. Materialism. Addictions. Anger or temper outbreaks. Gossip. Overeating. Lying. He said, when you start fasting and praying, you've been praying for deliverance that all year. He says, you start fasting and praying, and guess what? I'll deliver you of all of it. I stand before you a testament that God has delivered me. He'll do it. Mark 9, 28 through 29, when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to him, this kind can come out by nothing but by prayer and what? Fasting. There's some things in your life that are only broken by prayer and fasting. There are some besetting sins that will only be broken by prayer and fasting. Are you tired of the oppression? For those of you watching me online, are you tired of being oppressed? Are you tired of bowing down to that thing that controls you? Would you like a new master? One of love and grace and mercy? Would you like to be free? He said, when you start praying and fasting, not only will I deliver you that. He said, I'll deliver you of the pointing of the finger. Everybody say the pointing of the finger. Okay, you ready? Watch this. That's, that's despising others. That means to cease to point at them the finger of scorn. Now, you're not going to believe me this, but you've got to study this. I was blown away when I saw this study. And at this time when Isaiah wrote, listen, you're going to laugh when I tell you, it was usual to make use of the middle finger on such occasions. Pointing of the finger, he said, I'll deliver you, always alludes to judgment. Pointing of the finger. Alludes to God delivering you from being judgmental. I was always told, be careful of the finger you point at someone else because two more are headed in your direction. Wow. Let me ask you a sincere question. Would you like to be able to accept people simply for who they are? And not based on the kind of car they drive or the clothes they wear? Or how they live their life? Would you like to be able to accept people simply as a human being created in the image of God? Would you like to be able to go home and not be judgmental because of what somebody said or did that wasn't to your liking? It's got really quiet in this Presbyterian church. How many want to know, listen, you can be delivered of judgmentalness if you fast and pray. Do you, do you, is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Is there anybody that wants freedom? You say, well, pastor, I'm free. Praise God. Fast and pray and stay free. Hallelujah. He said, I'll deliver you a speaking wickedness. Everybody say wickedness. That's words of contention and strife. That's injurious speech. Wickedness, that means nothingness, vain, empty thing. 1 Peter 3.10, watch what Peter says. I love this. For he that will love life. How many of you want to love life? That means you actually enjoy life. How many want to enjoy life? Some of you are not going to raise your hands if I told you I had a million dollars if you did. How many of you want to enjoy life? Is there anybody that's like, no, I don't think I would like to enjoy life. I think I'd like to be miserable. Well, we praise God fast and pray. God will change that. Hallelujah. 
For he that will love life, watch this, and see good days. How many want to see good days? How many want to love life? Anybody? Do I have any takers? Look how simple it is. He said, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. You don't even have to fast and pray. All you got to do is when a negative thought comes your way about another person is just keep it zipped. Our kids pastor in our last church, he said, Zippo the lippo, you big fat hippo. That's what he taught to kids. He wanted them to remember. Did you know that if we'll keep this zip from negativity and criticism and speaking down of others, God said, I'm going to let you have love life and have good days. We make Christianity so hard, it's so simple. Do we believe the word? Is this still okay? Have you ever been hurt by what somebody else said? Did you know wars were started over words? Divorces happen over words. People leave churches over words. Words split. Whoever said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is an idiot. They never had anything spoken against them, did they? How many of you have been hurt by what somebody else said or you found out they said? I mean, it just hurts you. That's why Matthew 12, 36 says, but I tell you that every, watch this, careless word that people speak, this is frightening to me. They shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. That includes when you're in the car by yourself and you call that driver an idiot. That includes when you call your spouse a stubborn mule and they can't hear you. God did. I'm going, I've been gone to meddling. I better go on. No, no, see, we're, we're good at pointing the finger and speaking against others. A church member would regularly go to a bar on Friday nights to witness and love on those people, try to win with Christ. He would never touch alcohol, but he would go. That was his ministry. Never was tempted. He would just go in there, just love on those people, try to witness. Well, one day, the church gossip drove by and saw his truck in the parking lot of that bar. Friday night, and buddy, she couldn't resist. By Sunday morning, she had told everybody his truck was parked in that bar all night long. As he came strolling into church, people were, hmm, looking at him funny. People were staring. It got back to him by one of his buddies. Hey, man, everybody knows your truck was parked at the bar all night long. Refusing to defend himself, he waited until next Friday night, to which he parked his truck at her house all night long. Oh, it's all coming out today, yes. Woo! I bet the gossip didn't gossip on that one. <laughs> In Isaiah 58, 10, he says, If you'll extend your soul to the hungry and give bread to the hungry. Uh, you saw... the. the the, from Deer Park on to different ministries that we do that as a church body and as individuals. It's like Matthew 25, give one of the least of these you've given unto me. He said, when you do these things, I love this, and this will be my last point today. He said, number eight, watch this, then your light, you better get ready for this one. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. You know what that means? If you study that out, spiritual breakthrough. Woo! 
How many could use a child to get some breakthrough spiritually? How many could use a loved one, a grandchild, or someone you love to get some spiritual breakthrough? How many of you want some spiritual breakthrough yourself? What it's saying here is cheerful light in the midst of darkness. Oh, I'm going to preach for a second. The idea here is this, that calamities and trials, oh, I don't know, like COVID-19 and 2020, will be suddenly succeeded by breakthrough. Woo! The suddenlies of God in the Bible are all through, and I love them all. Suddenly, everything will change. Suddenly, your healing came forth. Suddenly, your family member got saved. Suddenly, your financial miracle occurred. Suddenly, your addiction was broken and destroyed. Suddenly, your inner hurts were healed. Suddenly, your walls fell down flat. Suddenly, your Jericho walls fell down. Suddenly, your Jordan River stood attention. Suddenly your Red Sea split. Suddenly your axe head floated. Suddenly you received your breakthrough. Somebody shout glory. (laughs) When you fast and pray, it releases a suddenly. Everybody shout suddenly. How many could use a suddenly? Happened with us. Oh, it wasn't long ago. She, I'm sure she wouldn't mind. My beautiful little daughter, you see her dancing and praising God. That dope smoking high school student, I wanted to kill her. Oh, I just wanted to strangle her. Come, can you come here just a second? I know I won't embarrass you. I don't think I will. Maybe I will. Well, you got enough God in you, you'll forgive me anyway. Come on up, sweetie. I love it. Is this embarrassing you? No, I didn't think so. She has a beautiful testimony. Look, things got so bad, I can remember telling her, if you think you're hurting your mother and I, God says the former things will not be remembered anymore. So if you choose to take yourself to hell, When I get to heaven, I won't even remember you existed no more. We would pray and anoint her door. She'd slam doors. I'd tell you, slam it again. It's gone. She'd slam it again. I'd take the door off the hinges. I'd say, two weeks, no door. How am I going to change? I don't ain't my problem no more. You ain't slamming my doors in my house. They're gone. You slam it again, one month, no door. (laughs) I was like the soup Nazi. And she was, she'll tell you, she was rebellious and all this other stuff. But I'm telling you. Suddenly, she went to two weeks at a summer camp at Lee and came home. She was changed. Sat at the end of her bed. She said, Mom, Dad, I just want you to know it's nothing you did. I was just being rebellious. I'm telling you, this girl loves Jesus with all her heart and soul. God good. Thank you, sweetheart. Love you, baby doll. I, I didn't know. We just believe God and man. 
want to close with this. Fasting gets you close to God. When Moses went up the mountain, he fasted and prayed, and he got in the presence of God so much. Listen, God said, when Aaron and Miriam spoke against him, he said, hey, he said, listen. He said, everybody else, he said, I talked through prophets and all. He said, but not my servant, Moses. He said, how dare you speak against him? I speak to him face to face. That's what your Bible says. Fasting will put you in the face and the presence of God. I recently heard this, and it is so fitting for the end of this message. Please listen very closely. I was blown away by this. You can study it for yourself later. A zebra's stripes, it blew me away, it's true, are unique. They are as unique as fingerprints. There are no two sets of zebra stripes that are the same. I didn't know that. Especially in the face, forehead area. There's little configurations that are different, and no two zebras, listen, have the same stripes. It blew me away. But here's the cool part about it. When a mama zebra in Africa has a baby zebra, do you know what she does? She pulls the baby zebra to the side where just her and her baby hang out for a week or two. And do you know why it's instinctive? Because the mama zebra wants the baby zebra to get so used to her stripes and her configurations and the mama's scent and just... Exactly what her face looks like. Watch this. So that when she takes the zebra back into the group, the zebra will know exactly based on the face of that mama which one is her mom. She will not be led astray by other zebras. She will not be confused by other configurations within the face. That baby zebra will be able to pick its mama out because for the first two weeks of its life, all it saw was his mama's face. And it can't be deceived and it can't be confused. It's amazing how Mother Nature can teach us. So let me close with this. When you fast and pray, it gets you into the presence of God, into seeing his stripes. His configurations. His tendencies. His character. His word. His voice. So that when you get back out in the groups of life, you can't be confused by other voices. You can't be led astray by other configurations going on all around you. You'll be able to snip out and say, nah, that ain't, that ain't God. I, I know because for 21 days I got in his face. I know what he looks like. I know to the naked eye that zebra's face looks the same. But to that baby, she can tell all the little micro changes in that zebra's face. Wow. Wow. How many want to draw that close to God? I just want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, God, what are you speaking to me? Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? 
What do you want me to fast? I don't know about you, but I, I want to get in his presence and in his face so much. And hear his voice so clearly that when other voices speak, I say, well, I know you're not against me, but, but you ain't Jesus. Lord, speak to us now. Take us on a journey in this fasting and praying. God, let us hear so clearly. We'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Beautiful song he's playing. I want to sit at your feet. Drink from his cup. spirit just to let her testify and just bless us with prayer and then we can close out the service well, I did not know I was going to do this <laughs> so but one thing um, and I'll try not to cry that I thought of as he explained the zebra 
was hell for years. I think after the initial falling in love with Jesus, sometimes expectations start to set in of, oh, this is what it means to follow Jesus or, oh, this. And sometimes you can get so caught up in serving and so caught up in trying to meet these false expectations that Satan lies to you and tells you you have to as a Christian that you lose who you are because you just forget who Jesus is. And I really believe that. And that's something that the Lord has been speaking to me and just kind of confirmation with the zebra thing that during the fast, just to reconnect with him, that he doesn't want anything from you but you and that he loves you and he loves me. So I just pray that for everyone, that it wouldn't just, this fast wouldn't be about, oh God, how can you do 10 times more wonders through me or how can this and that but how can I just sit at the feet of Jesus and just gaze at my father and learn who he is again because he loves us and like David said I just want to sit in the temple of the Lord and gaze upon his beauty so I pray that for us over this fast and I'll just pray really fast and dear heavenly father I just pray God that any expectations that Satan has put in our minds or our hearts any pressure or any condemnation that we have actually been living under that we don't even realize we have been. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. And I just ask God that during this fast, Lord Jesus, that your love would penetrate so deep, God, that we would realize we don't have to do anything. You already did it all on the cross. It is finished, God. That we would gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, that we would simply be at rest and just find who you are again, God. And anything that comes against that, any lies of the enemy, we just command it to go. And I plead the blood of Jesus over every single person and ask that you would just saturate us in your goodness and in who you are just because you love us and because we were designed simply to be with you first and foremost. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. What a beautiful service. Aren't you glad you came? Aren't you glad you watched us online? Aren't you, you attended online today? If you're new with us, we really want to connect with you. We want to help you walk with you on this journey and, and get you connected to the body of Christ because we need each other. So if you're new with us, we want you to text the word CONNECT to the number that you see on the screen. It's right here. Text the word CONNECT to the number that you see on the screen, and we will get in touch with you. So give us that opportunity. We, everybody, we can't do life alone. We need each other. We need to be connected to the body of Christ. The other thing is if you, if you were moved by this service today and something tugged at your heart and you're like, I really, I really want to try, I really want to think I want to try Christ, I want you to text the word BELIEVE to the same number that you see on the screen. Text the word BELIEVE. It's really important that you have somebody help you in your journey with Christ. You don't want to walk on that journey alone. You don't want to try to do a Christianity by yourself. And we want to help you get started in your journey, get you some resources. So if you'll text the word believe to the number that you see on the screen, we will get in touch with you and we'll get you resources and we'll help you in your walk with Christ, get you started, get you discipled and start helping and teaching and training you to see and, and the imprint and, uh, and the character of God and begin to learn and know who he is so that you are no longer deceived by the world and you know who your father is. And now is our time to give. If you're in person or if you're online, you can give. You can text to give. You can give to thebridgecincy.com.
And this is really, really important. We showed you what we're doing with missions. We showed you how we're giving in, in various ways to many, many missions earlier in the service today. Keep giving. Keep honoring God. Honor Him with your finances. Remember, what the, we started off in the Scriptures, a three-fold cord is not easily broken. When you, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. So during this season, let's, let's pray, let's give, and let's fast. Amen? All right. The Lord bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up your countenance and give you peace and go with you in Jesus' name. You are dismissed. <laughs>